You having a good time? Yes. I hope everybody listening is having a good time because we definitely are today with our first episode of Hope This Works. I am Aaron Linneman. And I'm Jake Devarian. And, you know, we're just dealing with COVID like the rest of you. And we just recently talked and we were like, hey, we should do a podcast. It's about time. It is about time. It's, I mean, there's been so many other, uh, you know, two white people duo podcasts why not add another yeah why not add another you know (laughs) make this super unique Uh, exactly so a little bit about us jake and i went to the same film school for a couple years uh i definitely remember the first time we met it was very magical yes at Uh, the illustrious azusa pacific Pacific University. university in the wonderful darling 413 our uh, magnificent theater uh, with the pull-down projector. And I remember it was like one of my first classes there. I transferred in from Montana State University and I was wearing a Kid See Ghost sweatshirt. And <laughs> you, you I remember everything about yeah, that? And I hear this voice, this uh, beautiful, booming voice. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is, it belongs to our good friend, uh, Donnie Mathias. And he's like, I like your sweatshirt. I... Uh, are you going to Camp Flogna? Uh, you know, they're <laughs> performing. And uh, just during that time, as me and uh, Donnie were sharing our thoughts on Kanye, I just kind of kept looking over to this, to this guy next to him. To this pasty white kid. Yeah, uh, kind of quiet, you know. But, <laughs> you know, seemed, had a friendly face. And, uh, and I knew Donnie. Yeah, and, you know, for a while, I don't know if I told you this, but I really thought you were the son of Jesse Negron, which is one of our... Uh... Oh, my. Everyone <laughs> thinks I look like him, and it's not a compliment, honestly. Sorry, Jesse, but I mean, that's I think not it... what I want to be known for. <laughs> I think it's because you guys both wear hats. Yes, and, yeah. Uh, we both got... have really beady eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... And we both hunch, and we both talk about film too much. Yeah, Jesse. Jesse Wynn is one of our uh, the screenwriting professors at Azusa Pacific University. I had actually screenwriting with him that semester, so I, I really just thought uh, that Jake was one of his sons that he talked about uh, in class. Uh, <laughs> if only, you know. Yeah. What a, what a, what a dad to have. I know, right? Wait, I, I, no, I'll give props to Jesse. He was, he was a really good professor. He uh, was. No, he, he helped people through a lot of different things. But yeah. this isn't about him. This, this, is about isn't, this isn't the Jesse Negron podcast. <laughs> this is our podcast. Yes. And uh, just to go for my first time remembering meeting you, like obviously it was in the class, but I didn't really get to know you until we worked on the uh, thesis film that I co-produced, which is uh, Malpractice malpractice now known as remedy (laughs) and uh we shot that in my um grandma's cabin up in lake arrowhead and we uh man we had quite a time yeah i came to your rescue you did oh my gosh Uh, yes what happened on that set is uh we were hoping for snow because in in the script there is snow and like we were like for the first week there was nothing and we had four weekends to shoot and the second week, I believe, it actually snowed a lot. And so we were really happy, but we also were not logistically ready for that kind of stuff. No chains. Like, everyone had two-wheel drive except for, like, two cars. Let alone that Donnie and I almost went over that hill. <laughs> yeah, you did. In his Prius. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and he got a nail in his tire. It was a, it was a fun... I, I just remember you called... Uh, us to go get chains you tried to go get chains well no i wasn't trying to get chains i was trying to get our free mexican meal from a local (laughs) restaurant and i never got it i was stuck in the snow in um our production designer's minivan um because my car was uh somewhere else i guess and i was driving uphill i was going like on this icy hill but it wasn't too bad it was just it was cleared like it like there was a snowplow earlier that day for sure but I just was going, going, and slow, slowly started losing traction, and I just, like, veered off the road a little bit. I was like, I should stop while I'm ahead. Which was and smart, I, because yes. 
because I don't know if I was there or if I just remember it because you told me. But when we got there, there was a jeep that crashed into a telephone. Tele- yeah, a, a telephone pole, pole right next to right next to Jake. And it was it was kind of a weird omen thing because I had the same model jeep back at home. <laughs> and the guy was in. Uh, if you've seen uh, the Big Lebowski, he was wearing a, a dude cardigan with the one that the he dude was. wears. And I just felt so bad for him because he was like silently crying and freaking <laughs> out. And he asked he asked us for a cigarette, but I don't condone smoking. Oh, yeah, we yeah. don't smoke because we're good Christian boys from good Christian school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we didn't have any cigarettes to offer him. I've never wanted to give anybody a cigarette because it's bad for you. But I will say <laughs> that one time, I really did want to give him a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit more about ourselves. It's would have been different if you asked me a couple months ago what I want to do. Yeah, coronavirus has definitely changed a lot of stuff for everyone, obviously. It's more of like I don't have a specific thing that I'm like, I have to be this in the film industry. Like, I have to, like, for a while, it was like, before I got to film school, I'm like, I want to be a director, you know? Right, like how everyone is. Yeah, I want to be the next Christopher Nolan, which is how every, you know, white suburban boy wants to be. Then after a while, I kind of realized, like, as you get to film school, you realize, like, uh, as a director, it's not really your story all the time, you know? It could be somebody else's script. It's not like you can just walk in and be like, hey, I have yeah, this you, crazy you, idea. You learn that it's not all about what you want. It's a collaborative effort, which is a good thing. But it's like when you're a kid and you watch movies and you're like, this guy directed this and, you know, the industry makes it such a big deal as who directed what. You think, oh, Everyone is working for me instead of with me. Yeah. And with that, it was like, for me, it was screenwriting. And it still is. Like, I still want to be that. But now with coronavirus, it's like, just give me a job in the film industry because I love movies so much. I'll work towards where I want to be, but I'm not going to be piggy. Like, I just want to be able to get my foot in the door any way I can and be able to make a living off of being in, in in the film industry. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's especially become clear with coronavirus as far as like what a job in this industry actually means as like um, people who don't have instant connections with the industry itself. It's a lot simpler. Honestly, it's kind of relieving in a weird way where you're not having to worry about sucking up to everyone and trying to get to the top. Like Mm -hmm. There is a ladder that you can climb for the industry like any other industry, but it's nice because you can realize that you can still fulfill your dreams of making things without having to just waste not waste but like use years of your life towards things that don't actually interest you i guess and it's not like a discouraging thing i think yeah more than anything it's humbling it's humbling but it's also like remember like if you want it you have to put in more work than you ever have to go get it. And we're not saying you can't do it. We're just, you know, it's something we want to talk about in a future show is, you know, how do you balance hope with uh, reality and how to be realistic and hopeful in the same way and to chase your dreams because we want to encourage that. I think everybody should, you know, if you're doing something that doesn't make you happy and is not fulfilling, you should really go towards what you believe will make you happy and fulfill you. Exactly. And I've been hearing from a few different um, industry professionals recently as far as like an example is Jay Duplass. And he's talking about how um, obviously this is a great time to be a screenwriter because you get to just focus on writing when nothing else is happening in the world. But then there's also the flip side of like, okay, if you do want to create in time in a time like this, then you have to be more creative. You have to be willing to not do exactly what you want to do but still create things that will hone your skills because like film isn't just about how well you operate on set it's how well you perceive certain things in life and how well you perceive yourself and it's it's a bit more of a selfish uh kind of thing where you are way wor- way more worried about just the way your own brain works than like just learning an actual trade skill because you can learn trade skills and you can make a career out of that in the film industry. But if you want to be like the 
front runner of the story, you have to be able to really be open, like, in your mind as far as, like, constantly taking in different sources and, like, empathy is what we make, basically. That Like, films are just empathy machines, like they always say. Yeah. We'll definitely get into that with more episodes. This is definitely what this podcast will be is we want to share a lot of positive messages mm-hmm. and positive things but this is more of a grounded in what Jake and I are passionate about which is film what we want to do which is filmmaking uh, so a lot of I could say like the majority of you know what our podcast is going to be it has to involve film in some way uh, and as- beyond that we also want to make this a fun podcast. We're going to have games. We're going to have guests. We're going to make it exactly. as positive as possible, not in just, like, talking to you, but also, in a way, interacting. Yeah, and, you know, this is our first one. Um, confession time for us. <laughs> uh, we talked about, uh, I don't know if it's okay for me to share this, but, you know, for me, I'm not the best uh, verbal storyteller. Yeah. I go in and out. I I go left and right. I forget details yeah. and stuff. I I feel like I'm that kid. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the video. It's the kid who says, "Have you ever had a dream where you can do anything?" But it takes him like 30 <laughs> seconds to say that. It's just like, could you when you if you could tell him if I yeah. you know, uh, that's how I feel whenever I'm you know talking or telling a story. So you know, also to be. I'm just going to be real. This is also practice for me to be better at talking to people. So. <laughs> it is for me too, honestly, yeah. Like, this is this is very helpful as far as, like, on the show we'll be, like, we'll be doing, like, little fun games of, like, pitching and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I feel like pitching, like, just a side tangent, pitching is something that I've come to learn that is very difficult to do. It isn't just talking about your story you are really trying to build some build a movie in someone's head and like that is any i i mean i uh shout out to the sen podcast that i've listened to they interviewed kevin smith he's pitched to netflix like 10 times he never got a project and he's kevin smith he's made a bunch of movies pitching is not easy yeah exactly. <laughs> but besides pitching today i think we are finally ready to talk about what we're actually going to talk about, which is the, uh, I guess it's award-winning. I'm not even sure. We didn't research if it was or I, not. I but think um, Adam Sandler won uh, 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 oh, yes, Choice did. Award. Okay. I think it well, won some awards. It's award-winning, and it is obviously Uncut Gems by the Safdie Brothers. Um, if you, sorry, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you know uh, Jake and I, uh, we both uh, love this film. Uh, if you're in our close circle... One of Uh, our most favorite ones to come out of uh, 2019, for sure. Definitely. And uh, we definitely had some uh, experiences with this movie in particular. Should I just just go ahead? I think you should. You got quite the story for your first theatrical. I I don't mean to hype it up too much, but um, I think we can... Say it, it definitely is a uh, interesting story. Uh, so obviously, I saw Good Times, and I love that film. Uh, shout out to my brother for saying, "Hey, let's go see this movie with Robert Pattinson." And I was like, "The Twilight guy," because you know <laughs> he, he, that was Good Times was the first time I really broke out of that idea of Robert Pattinson. It was for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I mean, you, I'm guessing you also really liked the film. Mm-hmm. And because of that, when I heard about Good Times, uh, when I saw like the pictures and stuff of the production, it was like became one of my most anticipated films. And I don't know if we have any uh, car- uh, listeners carrying over from the last podcast I was on, uh, Flick 66, RIP Flick 66. I don't know if it's still going to go. I know I'm not a part of it anymore. But uh, I used to do a podcast with one of our professors, Dr. Parham. Uh, shout out to Dr. P, amazing screenwriting professor. He is in the Writers Guild, so when you're in the Guild, you get invited. You get screeners, you get invited to like early showings, maybe it's a Q&A showing. Um, and he's, uh, obviously he's gone to those before, and so I knew of that. So, uh, you know, as we were getting nearer to December, I was like, Dr. P, if you can, please, I would love to go to an early showing of Uncut Gems if there is any. Like, that's that like the one 
movie I, I really want to see as soon as possible. And so uh, a couple days before the movie comes out, I get a text from Dr. P and he's like, hey, I got an email about uh, uh, early screening of Uncut Gems, but we need to go, like, I need to respond now. Are you good for Wednesday? I'm pretty sure I had something conflicting, but I was like, you know, <laughs> screw it. I'm, I'm going to see Uncut Gems It's early. Adam Sandler. It's Adam Sandler, baby. The Sandman. The Sandman. And so I, I was like, okay, let's do Wednesday. Uh, it was like, I think it was during finals week too <laughs> really yeah oh my gosh or it was like right after finals week i i know i was still in la so it worked it worked perfectly and um you know uh being a college student uh, you being a broke college student uh you don't always have time to do laundry you don't can't always afford to do laundry uh with busy <laughs> schedules and stuff so i you know just was like it's an early showing it's a movie i don't have to dress nice so i just found the least uh, dirtiest or the my cleanest pair of jeans which still had some uh, like food stains and head marks <laughs> embarrassingly uh and uh and, and i also just threw on a sweatshirt and uh i was like good to go i'm like i'm ready to go see this early screening ready to uh, go to a, basically a premiere yeah and so it was at the arc light hollywood so uh, we pull up there, and I see the, the, the red carpet, and I see the A24 huge Adam Sandler backdrop. And I'm like, how many showings are there tonight? I, I asked Dr. Peen. He's like, I'm not sure. He's like, we're probably not there. You know, we're probably not going to be at the premiere, and it's probably going to be a different theater. Uh, we, we pull up uh, once we get out of the parking lot, and... Uh, we pull up to this like desk where like had everything organized with like last names and uh, we got our tickets with some like swag a little bit of swag like <laughs> A24 uncut gem swag and I was it like it was in the bags uh, it wasn't uh, it was the newspaper that A24 ended up selling later oh the zine uh, the zine yeah and it, nice. it came with the the um, Howard Ratner is that his name yeah uh, his his like gems business card, and oh. and we got that uh, just like a laminated ticket, and I, for a second I was like, do I have to walk the red carpet? <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a dirty in pair of jeans. jeans. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like oh crap! I'm I'm, I'm so underdressed. One, I mean Dr. Parm, he's he's got swag you know he's got his leather jacket <laughs> he looks nice you know like he's casual nice uh and uh, business casual yeah 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 just like leather jacket you know jeans and stuff but his jeans are clean they don't have pen marks on them and um luckily there was another entrance i didn't have to walk the red carpet and be like who's this you know husky scruffy uh, western kid yeah, yeah i'm not even from the midwest i just look like i'm from the midwest <laughs> <laughs> Uh, PNW is basically Midwest. Yeah, I mean it's on the West Coast. It's <laughs> it's literally the, the it's literally touching the uh, the the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anything, it's 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 as west as you can get. Uh, <laughs> but luckily there was a there was a uh, another entrance. I didn't have to rock the red carpet, and you you walk in. You know, and there's just tables full of popcorn and drinks labeled. And I was like, we're kind of hanging out there. And then I, I start seeing some people. I don't really recognize anybody. And, and, uh, no Sandman? No Sandman yet. I'm like, he's definitely got to be here. It's his movie. I didn't know how big of a premiere, you know, movies do New York premieres, they do LA premieres. Like, you don't know who's going to show up. Exactly. Um, so we get into the theater. We're like upper right. It's like, to the very right of the theater, but we're not in the very back. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until some people walking in that I was like, oh no, this is an actual Hollywood premiere. I'm seeing, and it, 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 what hit me, it was the weirdest actress. I don't even know her name. She's just been in a lot of movies. If you've seen any movie with the crackheads or like people from the dirty South, uh, she usually plays the older, like, rugged-looking lady. And I'm like, 
she's been in a lot of movies. And then I see more like C level, B level like celebrities. I'm like, okay, there is a lot of people here that I recognize. Uh, and and uh, luckily for me, my phone was dead. I would have embarrassed myself. I would have been secretly taking photos or something. Um, <laughs> I can't remember exactly. It could have been Bill Burr, or it could have been uh, the Fonz himself. Uh, I can't remember his name right. Henry Wrinkler, when they yeah, walked Henry in. Henry Wrinkler. You know, that's kind of Sandler's crew in a way. So I'm yeah. like, oh, it's Sandler's crew. And then I see more people. I'm like, oh, crap. I, 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 uh, the weekend is in the movie. So I didn't see, like, because they, they darken the theater. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Scott was there. Oh, uh, really? Megan the Stallion, Young Thug, like all, all of the, all of like you know. A lot Wait, of did these... you see the weekend's hair or anything? It was it was it was shit. You know, it wasn't the Too crazy. Dark. They oh, okay. because they uh, went up they went up in the in the uh, the front before the movie. You know, the Safdie brothers oh. talked. And again, I'm really glad I just was like starstruck because I I could have embarrassed myself again. <laughs> they were like, you know, when we made our first movie, we went to a theater in Portland. And I'm from Portland, and yeah. inside I just wanted to be like, yeah, Portland, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably get, like, kicked out, uh, and it's so, uh, uh, luckily I didn't do that either, but, you know, the whole cast went up, uh, towards, like, right before the movie starts, I hear this, this, uh, familiar voice, uh, and it's, uh, it's David Spade, and um, to tell you like how that's dec- your David Spade. <laughs> I can't do David Spade. Um, uh, to, to, to tell you how decent the seats were, I was sitting in front of David Spade. So you know, status-wise, you know, I yeah. probably look like this uh, Silicon Valley guy with uh, you know dirty jeans and everything. Yeah, you're and, too busy coding all day. Yeah, and so uh, uh, you know, I got to see a lot of f- famous people while looking like a bum. And the funny thing about that experience is uh, I'm pretty sure David Spade went up 10 times to use the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> there's just moments in the movie where I would just like look out of the corner of my eye and there's uh, David Spade like laughing to like a certain thing of dialogue. And he's just like walking to the bathroom again. I mean, he could, <laughs> he could have been getting like more refreshments. But the thing is, I never yeah, saw him refreshments. come. We'll, we'll call I, them that. I, I never saw him come back with any. So I don't think he just sat in the lobby and ate popcorn or, or drank a whole to, thing to of soda. To miss out on, on the theater or yeah, the movie. Yeah, he could, you know, maybe, maybe he was up for a role and he didn't, you know, he was one of the watch guys. Hey, hey, you forgot your watch. You know, they could have done some CGI turning him into two people. And maybe that was just too much for him to see. And yeah. I guess, like, the other crazy thing with that was... Uh, uh, Tony Revolori, he plays Flash in the new Spider-Mans, and he's the main kid in uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Guess how old he is? I, I looked him up before we... we Like 30 or something? No, he's our age. He was born oh, in 96. Oh, my gosh. Oh, whoa. <laughs> what the heck? I know. and that, So he was like 18 when Grand Budapest Hotel, which means he was probably 17 when he shot the movie. I could not... Um, what really but, broke, oh, what were you going to say? Wait, what, where was he in relation? Um, so what really broke the ice for me that celebrities are normal people is we're walking out, you know, I'm standing next to like, I'm walking out next to like Bill Burr or whatever. I'm too scared to say anything. And I hear this loud smash and I look to my, I look to my, uh, I look to my left and I see Tony Revolori like, falling as in the moment as he's falling he ran into one of the trash cans <laughs> and, and he took it down with him uh hopefully he wasn't on a date because uh, that wasn't a good recovery i know very embarrassing i've listened to him on other things he's a very down-to-earth guy i don't think oh. he needed a moment of humbling uh oh, but no. <laughs> you know i that was i felt bad for him Wait, I, so did he did he like how hard did he hit he did it pretty hard. So much that the hundred people plus who was walking into the lobby turned their heads and stopped for a moment to oh, see him <laughs> roll on the ground with see the, the carnage. Kid. Yeah, and I mean, I kept looking. I couldn't watch. I had to see the whole like him getting it's up car, his recovery. Yeah. It's I'd, a car I'd wreck, give basically. It, yeah, I'd give it a four out of four out of ten. 
Um, but that was crazy. You know, thinking back at it, like in the back of my head, I always felt like I was always going to see Adam Sandler. Like mm. I was like, you know, it's at the Arclight Hollywood. Um, there might be a Q&A. Like he might show up because it's, yeah. it's an early screening in Hollywood. So for me... I was already nervous going because I, you know, worst case scenario, Adam Sandler is going to be like, oh, if I, if I ask a question and I stand up at the Q&A, oh, somebody's got dirty jeans. Oh, no. <laughs> Why are your jeans so dirty? Or, or my other fear was that I would go into the bathroom and David Spade would walk out and see my dirty jeans also. So, uh, like, you know, hey, everyone look at dirty <laughs> jeans. Yeah, you know, I'm probably his fifth time in there, you know. Uh, doing whatever. Doing, doing whatever. Uh, and that was a crazy experience. The thing about seeing Uncut Gems for me is that every single time I saw the movie, the experience, not the movie itself, got worse and worse. The theatrical experience. The theatrical, because um, I was excited about the film, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I was like, man, I went to the Hollywood premiere, huh? Uh, <laughs> so when I came back to Oregon for break, uh, there was a theater showing it. And it was like a small theater. You know, you reserve seats now. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we, we get into the theater. It's one of those living room theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're in the front row, which means we're literally two feet away from the screen on these, like, love seats where usually, oh. like, couples cuddle. So yeah. me and... Uh, one of my brother's friends, uh, shout out to Alex Butts. He's like a six foot eight uh, <laughs> big dude. I'm a big dude too. Uh, we were, you know, I had to share a, share one of those love seats together. Oh my god! Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, just uh, one of them. Yeah, it, imagine buying a ticket to a movie. They look like normal seats online. And you're just with the complete stranger on like a love seat, like just. Oh, I see what you mean now. Okay, I thought it was like the. I thought you were just talking about the recliners. No, but it was a full on. It was like, a full on like couch, like a duel. Oh like, my god! Like there's gosh. no space in between. There's what? like twelve pillows, you know, just in case you know you yeah. want to snuggle up. Uh, and I just remember. Uh, us just kind of like <laughs> looking at each other, like <laughs> kind of scooting over to the, the opposite sides, trying to, you know, not make each other too uncomfortable. But then the next time I saw it with you. Yes, we saw it with a big group of friends. Um, but that actually wasn't my first time seeing it either. Um, what's pretty funny is I had so I was kind of excited to see it and I was like, OK, this will be really cool when it comes out. Um, Obviously, like, for people who know, who have seen it, it's incredible, and it's, like, one of the most masterful films in every respect. But besides that, my brother saw it with a few friends of his um, before I did. And my brother has interesting taste where we agree on most things, but sometimes we don't. And when he came out of the theater um, with his friends, he was the only one who liked it. All his other friends were just, like... It was loud. It was annoying. It was stressful. And yeah, then, if you look at the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm pretty sure it's at like a 50 it's or 40. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not a good good re- percentage. A side note is if you read those IMDb reviews by users, there's some of the funniest things in there. Like there's there's like one where it's like, this movie assaulted me. Not, <laughs> not even like my ears. It's like assaulted me. And I'm like, I think that's a little heavy, but... Uh, Sure, whatever you say, old man. But anyways, um, my brother liked it, and my friends really didn't. And so I had really no... I, I lost a lot of interest in seeing it. But I was hanging out with um, one of our friends, uh, Lauren B. Gay. She's really sweet. Um, mm-hmm. We were just hanging out, having lunch together, and um, we both kind of wanted to see it, but we weren't completely sold on it. So we were thinking, like, okay, let's see if it's playing somewhere. Maybe we can check it out. And then we saw it was playing in like 20 minutes um, at the little theater. I forget who owns it, but the little theater near Azusa. Oh, um, Regency. Yes, Regency. Well, Between and the gonna... Panda Express and the Habit. <laughs> that theater, like I have so many horror stories from that theater, but besides the point. I never went. 
It's terrible. I knew to stay away. I was smart. I knew to stay away. Yes. And this will solidify that belief. Um, We're like, okay, so it's 20 minutes to get there. The movie starts in 20 minutes. We have to leave right now. So we ran to our cars and we jumped in there and we like raced over there, like across the freeway for a little bit. And we got to the Regency. We parked. And um, when like we bought the ticket just in time, like the movie was about to play and we got in the theater <laughs> and we we made it just in time like it was like um the last preview was ending and we sat down and we were in it and just i was getting blown we were both getting blown away the entire time like it was so much fun <laughs> and so insane but as you know it's a stressful movie so like you're kind of like in it you're like oh my gosh this is so crazy and what added to the stress was behind me there was a guy who put a jacket over his head and was on his phone talking to someone and he was oh, talking to them for no. like full full audio he was not being quiet about it and he was talking to them to, for about 10 minutes and at, at the 10 minute mark i was like okay i need to say something and so i turned around and i was like shh and he just didn't react at all. He was still under his jacket thinking that was doing something to insulate his sound. It wasn't. And so there's this, like, it's the scene, um, the scene that was happening was when he was uh, going to the auctioneers and trying to, like, change oh, the yeah, starting yeah, price. Oh, yeah, the, the black opal. Yes, the black opal. Yeah. And um, and he, he was still calling. And so, like, this movie already being stressful was, like, I need this guy to shut up because I need to enjoy this movie because it's so good and also freaking me out. And so I turn around again, like, hey, be quiet. And then Lauren was kind of like rooting for me, but she was also like kind of scared the guy was going to be weird and like lash out or something. But then he kept talking. He just ignored us. And then finally, this other guy in front of us like turned around too. And he was like, he, he, yelled, he stood up and like yelled at the guys like, hey, shut up. And, and, the, and then I was like, spurred on by his enthusiasm i was like get up like yeah be quiet man or leave and then he finally like was like i have to go or he, no he didn't whisper he was like i have to go and he <laughs> went off the phone and then he just like went back to watching the movie see that, that that's way more oh my gosh that's way more intense than anything i experienced with that movie <laughs> that's just another well, added level I mean, of stress well, it's different though, because you had stars. I mean, stricken, all, the, you know. all, the, all I had was I could just hear David Spade laughing because he has such a distinct <laughs> laugh. Like it would just be like, it would just be like a aha, like type of laugh, <laughs> kind of like, kind of like it was involuntary. But he's also like putting a bunch of effort into the laugh while not giving any effort. I don't know he's if that des- describes David Spade. Uh, he he. Oh. That was the biggest interruption I had uh, with that movie. Um, and then we saw it at AMC, which, I mean, I got to say, like, I was, like, I, I mean, I love the people that we went with, but nothing beats, like, re- recliner seats even as uncomfortable as it is because the AMC <laughs> that we went to is, like, is like uh, very basic. Very basic movie seats. Yeah. Um, and... Um, I mean, you gotta I love, think, but I think most people enjoyed it at least. Like they were all having a good time with the movie. Yeah. So that yeah. was nice. Cause like, you know, when you take a group to a movie like Uncut Gems, you don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. I'm, I mean, um, I think that with, uh, the experience when you're in a group sometimes, like you, you want to like strategically sit with somebody who's going to like. really take it in and stuff and like if it's their first experience you want to sit with them so um you know i'm a very outgoing loud person and i'm pretty sure most people don't understand like when i'm in a movie theater i'm like dead silent so i think people thought that i was going to be talking during the movie so it was kind of like a musical chair type situation which i think (laughs) is is really funny because uh, uh, I'm the complete opposite when it comes to like movie time. I respect all rules. Yes. And and unlike I'll, anyone who lives in Azusa and goes watch movies at the Regency or at that AMC with that. Yeah. I saw, I saw the. Wait, Grinch. what happened? What happened in that theater? Did something weird happen? I forget. Uh, it's just like not the best theater. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. uh, Azusa. 
uh, AMC 12, uh, Glendora 12. Uh, yeah. Because I went a couple, I went a couple weeks earlier, and I took uh, Madison, my girlfriend, to go see The Grinch. Because it's like, okay, say what you want about Illumination, but that movie is like low key cute. So like it was like a fun kind of date night thing, and there was a lady talking on her phone. You know, it's just the, you get all kind of characters at that at that theater. Azusa is qu- quite the um, black hole for all respect for cinema in a lot yes. of ways, but we won't get into that. Yes, we'll get into <laughs> that another time. I think um, it, it says for us how much we love a film um, when it uh, we we endure those things to go see it. You know exactly. Yeah. Well. Anyways, but like I guess that's kind of a good transition into. Um, like theaters as a whole right now because like obviously we really respected theaters and we really enjoyed mm-hmm. that experience and clearly no one is getting that experience anymore including it, us especially us in california um, yeah. only san diego right now at the time we're recording this uh has theaters open um, for tenant for tenant which i'm not gonna lie when i started seeing theaters open you know I started looking at plane tickets, but I never, <laughs> I never, I would never fully commit to buying a plane ticket to go seeing a movie. Uh, again, we're not encouraging anybody if they're uncomfortable. Like you should go back to theaters. Obviously, if you don't feel safe, it's smart to stay at home. Um, for me personally, I would get an N95 mask, some goggles, some gloves, and uh, you know, and sit there. Just sit there, you know, and enjoy the film i mean i'm in california but you're you're actually i'm in, somewhere else right now that i won't disclose yet until it's over but i'm just working on a gig which i'm very fortunate for but yeah like the only problem with my gig is that i cannot leave the premises of where i'm at so i can't even go see tenant if i wanted to which sucks which sucks because i'm guessing there's a movie theater like five minutes away from you probably i bet <laughs> I'm, I'm i haven't pretty... looked because i don't want to get discouraged yeah um i'm i'm actually think um for what we're talking about with like people talking in theaters and like and um you know having their phones on in theaters yeah i think right now they wouldn't be going to the movie theaters so i bet besides like the imminent fear of COVID being present in your screening, mm-hmm. that it would be quite enjoyable. That's the thing too. Like um, I saw someone on Instagram go to see Tenet, I think. I don't know where they were, but they uh, they showed like what the theater looked like. And it was a smaller one, just like with regular seats. And um, like each uh, each row was like taped off so that every other one was free and stuff like that. And he was the only one in the theater. I don't know if he paid for that or if it just happened to be like that. But I think, um, you know, yeah, like like you said, it's it's a really weird time for movie theaters just in general. Because, like, you can go to them, especially for people who want to see Tenet, which is ourselves. But, like, it's super just, like, you second-guess yourself because, like, as much as I miss the theater experience, I still don't know if I would go to a theater right now, especially if it wasn't even an IMAX for Tenet, because, like, yeah, at that point, you have to really experience it. And, like, if you're going to a huge theater like IMAX, there's going to be people there, so it's hard. Yeah, and for me, that I feel the same way. Like, if I, I really wanted to right now, I would have already driven to San Diego yeah. and, and seen, seen the film. Uh, and I hear it's, I hear it's good. I hear visually, which kind of sucks because I hear you have to go see it in a theater to fully experience it because it's uh-huh. visually insane. Uh, well, hopefully one day we'll, we'll have an episode where we can review Tenet. Yeah, I and like to be honest, like I would not mind renting one of my local small smaller theaters just to play it. Yeah, because like at this point, if I have, you know, a a 30 foot screen then that's good enough for me i don't need imax but it like you know it really depends on what they decide to do and like what options i have once i'm back home and it, and it also depends on what you want to uh 
what you want to, how much of the film you want to see. Uh, I, as you'll come to know me, um, I'm a savant on aspect ratios. I'm very passionate about aspect <laughs> ratios, especially with IMAX. Um, maybe we can have a segment where I explain the difference between true IMAX and what most of you experience, which is LIMAX uh, for certain films. Uh, if I could, uh, if there was a 70 millimeter tenant showing not states and states and states away, I'd definitely consider driving if it was in San Diego, because uh, we can get into that another time, but there's no experience like a true 70 IMAX experience. Yeah. And by the way, like, if we, uh, so I get out of my gig in a month, in a month's time, so like once I'm out and, you know, things are actually sprouting up, mm -hmm. we can make, we can make an episode to like, yeah, on our venture to I'm, go see it. I'm, I'm finishing up with uh, my gig, which is uh, working at a golf course. Uh, right now, which I'm excited to uh, be done with that, uh, and uh, you know, looking forward to uh, the next month when I finish up. Uh, and I would—that's one of the things on my to-do list—is like if there's a way, like I can see Tenant after yeah. I'm done with my job, and it's safer. Like I will do with that. Yeah, and yeah, so that—that'd be a fun segment to do for sure. Yeah, because right now, uh, I mean, I'm just consuming all my media on my phone or, or TV. Yeah, I've uh, watched so many movies on my laptop in this past, these past few months. Because honestly, like, for me, it's, it's annoying because there are definitely some movies that I've seen on my laptop. I'm like, I wish I saw this in theaters. Like, um, there is um, A Hidden Life by uh, Terrence Malick. Mm. I saw that on my laptop, and I'm cursing myself for not have been able to see it in mm. theaters because it was yeah. so like it was a visual movie for sure like you had to see the scale yeah same with me man uh, i was really bummed to hear that the theaters closed right before trolls world tour uh, <laughs> i really wanted to see it in dolby theater you know those you wanted expressive to see those colors little fuzzy follicles <laughs> the on surround fruit. sound of uh, the the music of uh, anna kendrick you know award-winning yeah. <laughs> yeah um uh, speaking of uh, consuming stuff uh, uh, you know media consuming media in general um, yeah we're gonna we're gonna end each episode with like um, talking about what we're seeing this week and what we're listening to for music and yeah mm -hmm. so you can start off starts off okay uh, for me uh, I am going to reprimand myself for judging a book by its cover uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed some of Apple TV plus's programming and currently right now, uh, Ted Lasso is the top of my list for what to watch. Uh, it's that Jason Sudeikis soccer show. If this doesn't make him a star in the hearts of the people who watch it, I don't know what will. This guy just radiates positivity. The show radiates positivity. Um, it's just in this time, it is such, it was perfect timing for this to come out. It is such a needed show. Um, I recommend doing a free trial uh, it's still in the middle of its season, so maybe wait on the free trial for Apple TV+. Plus. Episodes are only 30 minutes. Uh, look when they air the final episode. Binge it. I'm telling you, uh, I've told people about this show, and they're iffy about it. They've already watched it. They love it. It is just a top-notch, positive show because with Ted Lasso, it's not giving away anything, but you learn, you know, and when you learn to write, you know, about characters and stuff there's protagonists who have a journey of change or there's also protagonists who change the environments around them and Ted Lasso is this positive protagonist that changes the hearts of the people who are around him in this uh, uh, professional soccer league in England um, besides going on positivity uh, I just started Last Chance at You I've been five years late to the show but it's addicting now, what is that on? It's on Netflix. It's a docu-series about this. Um, it's a docu-series about uh, these JUCO football teams that take D1 uh, players that either couldn't cut it on the team or uh, did uh, committed crimes or got caught with drugs and got kicked off the team. And it's like their, their, their last chance to, like, really make it back to that... Um, uh, Division one, Division two level. It's it's 
it's just radiates positivity in certain ways. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of crap that goes on in that show. Uh, it, it is actually, it's not scripted, it's, it's real. Um, but just the hope and seeing the hope and people wanting to better themselves and turn their life around is, uh, is uh, just something that makes you feel good watching too. I don't know. What about you, man? Uh, I'm, so I'm watching a few things. I usually don't watch my series. I usually watch um, just movies. But for one series that I'm actually really invested in right now is uh, Community. Oh. I started. I started oh. ten years too late. My gosh, um, I've never seen an episode Madison until last week. I, yeah, Madison and I we watched Community when it first dropped on Netflix. That was our show for like a month straight. Like we just oh we loved it's it from incredible. the start. It's incredible. Yeah. The it's third a, episode literally made me cry. Oh my gosh, Abed with his with his dad and everything that relationship. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you're talking about the Russo brothers, you're talking about yeah. Dan Harmon with Rick and Morty. You're yeah. talking about, uh, I think, uh, either Justin Long or James Wan directed some episodes. Like, there's a lot of talent that started on that show and have become huge, and there's a reason why. Exactly, yeah. And, like, um, the interesting thing, too, is it's, it just, like, shocks me. It, it baffles me that it's not at the same level of The Office or Friends or something like that. Because, like, it's just as good, if not better. Like, the, the jokes and the characters hit so much harder in that show. Mm-hmm. They, they, their, like, batting average is way beyond what a bunch of other sitcoms are like. And I mean, so I, yeah. I'm really impressive with that. Um. Speaking of community real quick, um, if you, once you finish the show, if you need a little more of a community fix, uh, Joel McHale, who plays Jeff Winger, and Ken Jeong, who uh, plays... Uh, Professor, th- or uh, Senor, I can't remember Senior Chang. Senior Chang. They did a community-based podcast that they've been doing through coronavirus and the pandemic. Oh, really? There hasn't been an episode in like a month and it's frustrating because they should just do a farewell episode. But it's like, if you love community, uh, it's called The Darkest Timeline. Uh, Definitely finish the show first and then listen to the podcast. Mm, I will. I'll check it out for sure. And then um, this interesting movie is actually connected to the Safety Brothers and Last Chance You. Um, not in like an actual connection, but like as far as themes. Um, so this is a Safdie's brother documentary that they made in 2013 from just a bunch of this footage that this one producer gave them to see what they could edit together. And like, it's basically about someone who could have been the next Michael Jordan and like his journey through, um, through like the college uh yeah through the college basketball and the professional um the professional basketball leagues and like how far you can fall and like what does it mean to actually have success in that kind of industry and like Mm -hmm. how if you're not the top you aren't um you aren't there like you aren't going to be remembered and that's a really it's a really tragic story but it's also a really sobering story and i i really loved that film i found it on uh, criterion so you can see it there at least and i'm sure it's for rent at a bunch of other places mm-hmm. but that's something that if even if you're not interested in sports and even if you're not interested in the safety brothers that's something that has such a powerful tale about so many different aspects like um just like what the cultivation of our african-american athletes are like and mm-hmm. like um it's just a super interesting story i i can't express how much you have to see it but like it's definitely one of those for me and then um another one which i'm actually re-watching today is this uh it's a remake and about a book and it's a remake of this old i think french version of the book um papillon which is um it has charlie hunnam and um oh what's his name mr robot oh um oh uh, oh my um, gosh! Uh, 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 Rami Malik. Rami Malik. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I, so I knew I, it was. I was trying to be funny I, and say oh, the <laughs> singer right. tween, but I can't think of his name right now. 
<laughs> that would have been good. That would have been good. But um, that one, it doesn't hit on everything, but Charlie Hunnam and Rami Malek's performance and, like, some of the pacing choices as far as, like, when Charlie goes into isolation, which isn't really a spoiler because it's a pretty well-known story, um, it's really powerful stuff. Like, it's super emotional. Charlie is able to really, like, express in, like, himself um, what isolation does to a person in a realistic sense. And then the editor and the director are able to really stretch it, but not in an obnoxious way, in, like, a way that really just truthfully shows what isolation does to people. And it's a really, like, for, for that part at least, it has merit, and it's definitely worth a watch. And that's free on Amazon. That's free on Amazon? That's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, are you, uh, any, any, for me, speaking on Last Chance You, um, they use some songs uh, in the doc that I really have enjoyed, and I think um, my music recommendation for this week and in general is, uh, it's a little bit of gospel, and I think some people, even if you're not Christian, need some gospel in their life. <laughs> uh, it's actually somebody that a lot of hip-hop has sampled, so you'll recognize some melodies. Kanye has famously sampled this person, but it's Pastor T.L. Barrett um, and his uh, youth choir. Um, if you know Kanye's Father Stretch My Hands, they famously sample one of his songs. DJ Khaled has sampled their song. Uh, it's... It's if you love that gospel beat that Kanye kind of brought into the, the the music industry when he started out. If you really enjoy the college dropout, um, those type of of like beats and sampling, listen to Pastor T.L. Barrett. Uh, it just makes you feel good hearing those choirs pour out those hallelujahs and talking about being you know free. And um, it's just that's good stuff. It's it was on Last Chance You. They used it throughout the show. A couple different songs from him. Again, it's Pastor T. L. Barrett. Uh, Top notch gospel music. Probably some of the best ever recorded, from what I've heard. Again, I am a white suburban kid, so <laughs> I can't say that my uh, experience with uh, gospel music is wide. But for me, it's some of the uh, best uh, gospel music I've heard. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out because I've been, I've been looking for stuff that's more like, um, uh, what was Kanye's uh, out most recent album? Oh, Jesus is King. Yeah, Jesus yeah. is King. Yes, that was a very like I really loved what he did with that stuff, even though it was short and like a lot of people are really confused by it. It's a lot of it is theologically correct and a lot of it is inspiring in a lot of ways. So. Mm-hmm. I will definitely check out Pastor T.L. as well. Uh, yeah, and Kanye, take your time. But honestly, <laughs> when is... Obviously, when he it, is a very controversial <laughs> figure, and like there yes. is a lot of different sides to him, and we understand that as well. We're not yes. completely advocating for him, but we are... Like, he has proven that he is at least, you know, as dedicated to Jesus as much as anyone else, honestly. And, and musically... Like, you can't deny that he is a master uh, artist when it comes to his profound. music. So, Kanye, take take your time. But honestly, you know, when is Donda dropping? I want to <laughs> see, I, wanna, I want Donda on my Spotify in the next couple months. Uh, so, uh, yeah, gotta you got to make it through. Yeah, man. Got to help me in this pandemic, man. Exactly. And then, for me, I'm very bad with finding new music i i listen to the same 20 albums over and over um but i guess what i've been listening to recently um so i've been re-listening to a lot of um lumineers that's been really fun to Mm. go through their stuff again because like some of their songs are so dark and like hit so hard about subjects that i'm not even connected to and And then you got hey ho yeah hey ho and then they got (laughs) Uh, lovely girl, won't you say, and all that stuff, and, um, I, I, yeah, if you haven't listened to them yet, I would say give them a shot, they're pretty consistent, they, I really like how, because I'm an album listener, I don't listen to individual songs, and so 
obviously check them out. And you can also be uh, ethically conscious because I'm pretty sure they're not as controversial as somebody <laughs> like uh, Kanye West. Yes, a little, <laughs> a little more cut and dry for them. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, I think um, as far as new music, I really liked um, Bonnie Bear's singles oh, that come out during quarantine. Ate up all the cake. Man, yeah. I've been playing that on replay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So fun. It's so, like, I really like that he, like, when it comes to social media and, like, art and everything, like, there's definitely a fine line as far as, like, being preachy about political aspects, but I think he does it very tastefully. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. And, yeah. like, the songs that have really hit with me, they're also kind of in this, like, choir-type melody. Like, mm-hmm. like, he has Bruce Springsteen and a couple other, like, singers on um, Ate Up All the Cake. My other song that I cannot stop singing or getting out of my head is You Like... Uh, uh, Man Like You. Man Like You, or oh, yeah, yeah. as it's written, You Like, and uh, parentheses, Man. <laughs> <laughs> or Like You. No, it's... No, that would be Man You Like. Sorry, Like You, parentheses, Man. Yes, yes, yes. And the U is not spelled out. It's the letter U. There you go. And I, yeah, you can find that on uh, I comma I, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's it's, what we've been listening to. I have not been playing any video games because I've been far away from my PS4. Oh, are you have gonna you get the anything? Ghost of Tsushima when? You oh, get I already back? have it. You I have love it. it. Are you I playing the it. Kurosawa mode? No, I thought that was such a cool touch. It was yeah. so cool. Like, it's so fun. Speaking and, like, of the, film. <laughs> speaking of film donnie loves a cure cure but no that that game's really fun um sucker punch i played most of their games growing up like in infamous mostly um and they're back like they really knocked out of the park with this one um and we won't talk about the last of us too because i don't want to <laughs> you don't want to no i don't want to it's well, too much right now i, I we, we need like three hours to talk yeah about. we can we got, that's another episode right there um as you'll come to see uh, with our podcast and know if we were like we want you guys to listen but we're also doing this because we're passionate about things and we want to share those things yes. and uh one of our things is just staying positive being positive uh as you can tell, our desire right now is to consume positive content because there's a lot going on in the world. Yep. And I think it's important that when we kind of start ending each podcast with a note of positivity for the listener. Uh, I think it's good to kind of build each other up uh, as we all face this pandemic together. And, uh, you know, we're, I want to thank you guys for kind of, you know, yeah, bearing with us. Yeah, you made it this far. yeah. Thanks for bearing, bearing down and, you know, really listening <laughs> to uh, this podcast. Uh, yeah, bear, first... down, bear down for podcasts. Uh, if you get that, I applaud you. Uh, bear down for podcasts. If you get that, I applaud you. Uh, I, we're, this is our first one. Yeah, and we, like, if you listen this far and you, like, found some enjoyment out of it, our goal is accomplished, even if it's just one of you, even if it's just Aaron's mom. Hi, hi mom. Love you. <laughs> Hi, Mom, make sure if, you say you listen to. Make sure you tell the people you love that you love them. Uh, yeah. I, you That's know, big we're, these days. We're figuring stuff out. Um, I thought of the idea for a title. We're still working on the title. One of mine was Almost There. But as we looked up, there's like 20 other podcasts <laughs> called Almost There. Yes. Uh, but it does. it is a theme I want to highlight today for positivity is that every day you're almost to something. And I think this pandemic has shown us that you know you may have plans for things but it's going to be taken on a different path and it's important that you control what you can which is your reaction to things there's a lot of things you can't control it's important to stay positive that's something you can control and you just take it day by day step Mm -hmm. by step keep going you're almost there we're almost there to figuring out this podcast i (laughs) hope that you know I learned to not, you know, always talk uh, and butt in sometimes. I'm working on that. So thank you for bearing with me. Uh, we're learning, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, thank, I thank Jake for his patience and if I talked over anything. 
Hey, um, man, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, this is, we're both, we both cut off each other pretty equally, We're excited. We're yeah. excited to talk to each other. This is, a, this is a fun time. We like each other. We haven't uh, seen each other in months. We haven't seen each other in months. I'm looking at Jake's beautiful face right now with his beautiful <laughs> smile. And um, just when you get to the things that you want, don't forget to celebrate. Uh, do a little dance. Yeah. High five yourself. High five uh, somebody next to you. Then immediately put on hand sanitizer. Because uh, <laughs> we do not want this, uh, this uh, coronavirus to spread anymore. Yeah, don't be a problem. Uh, <laughs> and um, don't forget to celebrate the small things. Um, because some, for some of us and for a lot of people out there, that's all we can do right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, we're, we're, this is a small victory for us today, getting to the end of this episode. You know, and first try, no less. First try. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of hopes. Uh, we want David Spade. Uh, we've been talking. We're trying to get yeah. him on the show. Talking to his know? agents. We're, we're seeing what his schedule's like, especially nowadays, um, seeing how much of a germaphobe he is. Yeah. Is he taking the pandemic seriously? Yeah, or is he a... just effortlessly, but also with much effort, laughing at the ridiculousness of the pandemic, if he believes that? We, we could have a serious one-on-one conversation. So, David Spade, we're excited not, to have you soon. Yeah, he's, he's not coming on this time, guys, obviously, but um, we'll see if he, we can get him next time. And uh, we hope that we can get you guys next time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll be, we're dedicated. We'll be pumping out more content uh, as soon as we can. And uh, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. And we hope this works. <laughs>